There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. Welcome. It is the Nerdist Podcast number 632. Starting off year five, Katie. Matt Myra's walking in. What do you do? You have anything to plug? Uh, we'll be in San Francisco. Oh right. Uh, and then on the weekend, if you happen to be running around in Vegas, I'll be running around in Vegas as well. Uh, not performing uh, unless you count the roulette table. You're just you're just plugging your appearance. Plugging my vacation. Your uh, my brother, my future brother-in-law's. Uh, 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 what do you call? Future brother-in-law. Oh, uh, you know, maybe. What? Eventually. Look at this guy over <laughs> here. Anyway, yeah. I mean, that's adorable. Michael's uh, 35, and I. You said, mean your future brother-in-law, baby? Go to Vegas, and uh, I planned the trip, and then Chris scheduled a show on the Friday. I was supposed to be leaving. Uh, Sketchfest game. <laughs> the date and that was the date, and uh, you know, so we got to be there. But yeah, other than that, uh, nothing to plug. Listen to Phoebe, listen to James Bonding, uh, watch at midnight, uh, regularly scheduled time. I know I'm doing a ton, of, I'm doing a bunch of shows at Sketchfest. I'm doing the tribute to Weird Al, I'm doing at, I'm doing um, the Nerds podcast, I'm doing uh, two other shows that I can't say, but you're doing a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll cool. be I'll be there all weekend, February seventh and eighth, and then continuing on the fun, comfortable tour, funcomfortabletour.com. Uh, some dates in February, March, April, May, June. Oh, hey, May first, come see Fun Comfortable. Oh yeah, you're gonna be opening for me in Boston. There you go at the Wilba. Yep. We're gonna, go over, we're gonna get over. We gotta get there on a cheat day so you can get over Anna's Taqueria. Oh, they finally started following me on Twitter. Anna's oh, Boston. I know, I know. That was a finally was a big milestone. Really happy about that, guys. They're opening a, another one over by Mount Ida College. If anyone's what is it local, called? they'll enjoy it. Uh, Anna's, Anna's Taqueria in Boston. Yeah, it's greatest, good. Mexican greatest burritos I've ever had. Really? Oh, Anna's Taqueria, 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 Taqueria. If I ever go there, I'll have it. Taqueria, Taqueria, Taqueria. Oh, 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 Taqueria. They should use this for their radio jingles. <laughs> oh, no, I'll, I'll I just clip accidentally it and I'll send a, it to them. I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. This episode is uh, Paul Williams returning with uh, Tracy Jackson, co-author of the book Gratitude and Trust, Six Affirmations That Will Change Your Life. Paul was on the podcast a few years ago. Turned out to be an amazing, I mean, like it was, I think, one of our more like, holy shit uh, kind of podcast because Paul is, uh, Paul is just a, is a ball of light. I love that guy. I was I was a fan of his my entire life, and then the first episode was we were floored by him, and then so we came back on last year, floored again. We played a song, uh, and he's he's so much about uh, positivity and 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 being grateful for what you have in life, and people always feel good when he's on. So he just wrote this book with Tracy Jackson, and so we came back on again, and he was fantastic again here. And Blaine Capatch got to meet him today on the lot. And Blaine, I saw his yeah. tweet about he it. Was, Blaine was, was <laughs> so, so excited. It was adorable. So uh, we're going to get to the Nerds Podcast. Hang on, let me just real quickly quote Blaine. He sure. was like, it was like meeting the love boat. <laughs> Hilarious. I love Blaine Capatch. Here's the episode number 632 with Paul Williams and Tracy Jackson. Now entering Nerdist.com. And he was somebody was online like telling him how much they love smoking the band and they were doing like all yeah. these like and then he didn't get TSA and he was like and I got TSA and I like zooped. Well, you like, oh. And then he says, "Can you believe it? I am standing in line talking about Smokey and the Bandit and they make me take off my shoes." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
First of all, that is one of the best movies of the 70s, Smoking the Bandits. Yeah, thank God somebody with a taste came in. What do you want us? I think, yeah, you could sit back there in here. This is good. I have seen that. I saw that movie so many times. Did you actually look at any of that yet? I have not read it yet. Yeah, okay, I didn't um, think so. I'd love you to go. Get that, get that just, confession just out of the way right away. Let me just confess. You know, I, I find my struggle, like one of the things that I struggle with now is... Um, time. Is time. Is finding time, you know, because when you start making stuff and you're making stuff and you're making stuff, a year will go by and you're like... I don't know if I actually in, it like stopped to consume yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was churning out so much stuff that I didn't actually go. Oh, I think I need to refill and put some stuff back in. She has a teenage daughter, so she knows about music. I'm president of ASCAP. I don't know shit about music. You know, <laughs> you know, because please on the ASCAP page, just under your headshot, under the structure, to say doesn't know shit. Listening to look picture says listening to the Harmonicats. You know. <laughs> Blah, 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 blee, 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 whatever. Dub what? Blah, <laughs> Yeah, so let's... Yeah, so we uh, we should put all this on the air. This is always fun. I know, this is your third time back on the podcast. How, how many of us... Is that, a, is that like a lot for the podcast? There's there not... There's not. There's a small club of, of three Peters. Yeah. 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 Soon it'll be you, yeah. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges next week, yeah. yeah. The dude. The dude himself. Oh, love yeah. the dude. Yeah. You used to live next to the dude, didn't you? I did not live next to the dude. Oh, well, you should get on that, because he's really cool. I mean, he, I lived in the same town as the dude, and I've met the dude, but I never lived next door to the dude. Right. Think what? I lived, you lived next door to the dude. Did I? And I haven't I, been dropping... We have the same yeah, publisher man. as the dude, well, that's our probably one of Yeah, we have the same right publisher now. as the dude, that's we true. We do have the same publisher. My connection to the dude is I wrote the title. Well, see, we should be talking about all this on the air. This, this is on the air. we use it all up here. What did you write? We're on the air right now? Uh, I wrote, uh, what would they say if we up and... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, no. If I knew the way, I'd go back home. End of Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. No, oh, you wrote that. I wrote that. You know that song? I remember that, and I remember sing that movie. It, because I, when you I sing my sing songs, my world lights up. No, stop it. <laughs> stop have, him it. Sing, have him sing the theme from Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, He's bound and down, 18-wheeler trucking. We gonna do what they say can't be done. We got a long way to go and a short time, time to, to get, get there. there. I mean, boundaries. Watch old bound at wrong. Come on, Fred, get in the car. Come on, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> okay. I'm a fu- and, and huge Jerry Reed fan, too. Yeah, he that, was great. That guy. Did he pass away? I don't know. Rod McEwen th- died. I hope not. I hope not. I don't think Rod McEwen died yesterday. Just if, if you were McEwen wondering and you were worried. Well, and you were listening to the warm, just in case. Didn't he, uh, didn't he produce? Oh, no, no, that was William McEwen. I'm sorry. The guy who produced all of Steve Martin's albums was a McKeon. No, Rod McKeon was like, listen to the warm puppy poet. All right. You don't care. Let's take a moment. I do care. I know. Yeah. But this guy... Stanion Street and Other Sorrows. Buy it now. You don't well, mean when that. You go in, that was the name of his book. One of his books of poetry. Listen Stanley to Street. the warm. Listen to the warm. Exactly. But goodbye, Papa. It's time to go. Evidently, that was a that really was, tasteless. That was, he wrote that. Oh yeah, he did. That oh, was maybe the most tasteless mean. thing I've ever done. So much for gratitude <laughs> and trust. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. We all gotta go. Yeah, you know, exactly. Might as well, exactly. You, you know, know, our tickets have been punched. We just don't know when. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless we have a return ticket. Maybe but, we have a round trip. You do well, not know. I think it's a return ticket as well because I think that the, it, like you know you see. You I wonder it. if you're gonna have TSA pre check on the return. No, I'll pay for all. I'll have to pay for the Rod McEwen joke on the one next time. Just lost your TSA free you know, check. So to have him. just be waiting all on the cats, other side. Like, all cats will hate me when like I come every back. Every single cat. But the last time you were on and uh, we sang I'm Gonna Go Back There Someday which is, you know, one of my favorite songs off the Mud Movie soundtrack. Like, I thought people were gonna tell me that I was sappy and like, and how dare you try to sing Paul's song with him? But everyone thought it was such a, like they were really sweet about it and supportive. So not that I want to hit you with a was I right, but was <laughs> I right? That was the real one. That was, that was real. And you do a really good Dave Gonzo. This looks funny. It was, you know, do, do a little Dave. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of down in here a little bit. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh... He's a landlocked bird. He is. Yeah. And we're all landlocked birds. That was the, that was the heart of the last Nerdist, you know? Now we're here with Tracy Jackson. But, but Paul, Paul talked about you the last time he was on. What did he say? Quite a bit. He said you were writing a book. Did he tell you that? 
He did. He lied. And, and here it is. Oh, we yeah. did write a book. It's not Shit, a lie at all because I have proof in the physical you have universe. Proof. Yeah. And I, and, we did and write a one book. One of these days you'll actually read it, maybe. That's okay. I will. I actually will read it because this is the kind of book that I would read. You Gratitude like and trust, six affirmations that will change your life. Because I find that um, when I get focused too much on putting out fires and not enough on stopping to appreciate things yeah. and being thankful for the present... Which is the mantra of the podcast. We say, enjoy your burrito, enjoy the present. Stay here. And I forget it constantly. Constantly. And I have to stop myself and go, hey, things are good. It's not not, not a big deal. We should do Three deep breaths and live in the moment. T-shirts that say, stay here. Stay Stay here. here. That's kind of ripping off Ram Dass. Stay here. Yeah. Stay here. Stay stay here in your heart. Like, stay here. Like, stay here. So when did you guys start writing this book? We started writing this book two years ago. We started thinking about this book two years ago. We started our website two years ago. We wrote the book in a year. The book's been out six months. We've been doing this for two years. Yeah. And so, so what, what made you guys come together to decide to write this? We had a fabulous beginning to the friendship. You should tell them. No, you like that. that part of the bit. I'll, take, I'll tell the other part of the story. You can tell that because you love the, yeah, okay. the, the bedroom part. We met in Robert part, Mitchum's you know. bedroom in 1981, maybe 82, in Robert Mitchum's bedroom. And I was getting high with Robert Mitchum. And Tracy, this really sweet little girl, walked in. She was maybe 20 at the time and said, I really Three like your music. Ago. And I said, I, well, I hope it gets you laid. And <laughs> the most, so much for the teenage rude, idols. Is that the right? first affirmation? First time that's it ever. The that's the first affirmation. Do whatever gets you laid. It was the root. I mean, it's rude, it's sexist, You'll it's really rude, grateful. it's shallow, it's, yeah. you know, it's arrogant, it's, it's, you know, misogynistic. It's all those lovely things that you hope that by the end of your life you will no longer, ex- ex- <laughs> you know, exhibit in your behavior. But that's, so she spun on her heels and walked out of the room a big Neil Diamond fan. Song Sun like, Blue. You know, you know, like, <laughs> but then I met her in 2001. She can't, she and her husband came to see me perform with Jimmy Webb at, at uh, at Feinstein's, and we met, and she'd had a great friend in recovery. The, the original title of the book was Recovery is Not Just for Addicts. Right. The fact is that there are principles there that we can all use to put our lives shiny side up. So she met me again, and I wasn't quite as bad as I was before, so we became <laughs> friends. <laughs> That's nice. We did, but we were friends a long time before we were. I'm looking for this picture to show you of us on Robert Mitchum's bed. Is it you so, turning around? There it is. Where is it? No, it's 129. I'm about to get So you there. didn't meet her husband and go, I guess it got you laid. High fives, hey, everyone. Yeah. Come on, guys. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. Look at us. The Chubsters. We were, por- we were porky. Pictures. <laughs> porky McWilliams. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow, that, that was Robert Mitchum's bed? That was Robert Mitchum's bed. Yeah. They took that jacket and made six for Andy Gibb out of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Andy Gibb's jacket. Yeah, you know, Stretched. Andy was, Andy was tiny. I'm tiny, I, was I know. What, uh, what stories could Robert Mitchum's bed tell? Ooh. Maybe not that one. Not with Dorothy. Not with Dorothy. Not with the, the sheriff in the room. His wife no. was called Ma- the sheriff, and she kept It could be some hotels that have some great stories. Yeah, I don't exactly. think that bed oh, had any great she stories. Kept, she kept, everything. Yeah. Every, she kept yeah. everything in order, except that you could do drugs on his bed. <laughs> You know, well, because she was in the other room behaving, talking to your mother, I think. You guys snuck outside and did drugs like little boys. What did you do? What did you do growing up? What did, what did do? I do growing yeah. up? Yeah. I mean, like, when I, in the process of growing up, what well, did like, I do? What, what, what brought you to Robert Mitchum's house to a bedroom? Oh, to a bedroom to see Paul Williams? I was living, I lived in Santa Barbara, uh, and I, my, I knew the Mitchums. The Mitchums, there were three celebrities at that time in Santa Barbara. Well, there was Paul who lived behind his gate and never came out because he was high all the time. Yeah. And yeah. there was Jonathan Winters who every day stood in front of the grocery store and entertained people because he had nothing else to do. Wouldn't he just, he would just shout at cars as Ma Frickert? No. <laughs> <laughs> he would actually yeah. full routines at, at, the, at the, and it, when he first moved there, everybody was really excited because it was, you know, you'd go up to the market and there's Jonathan Winters. You'd get free, you'd get a free show. We'd go on. Like, oh, you know, he just wanted to perform. He had nothing to do. Then, after he'd been there like five years, three years, four years, people would like see him and they'd like park around the back because you know like, you're like, I've got 20 minutes I don't have time for his entire third season you know right, right. Um, and so so that so then and we had Robert Mitchum and then we had we had Steve Martin on the hill who never came down and we had Paul and when Paul came to town I was really excited because I was a big Paul Williams fan when I was a girl the only time I ever hit my grandmother was at a Paul Williams concert at the Universal Amphitheater I have it on tape um, because most people shouldn't hit their grandparents and so well, I, was, I was very excited Parents, yes, grandparents. No. Yeah, but I was very excited to meet Paul because I loved his music as a girl. And then and was he was, and, and, and then he said, you know, I hope to get you laid. And I, I could handle that. I mean, I'd been laid by then, but I just didn't want to hear from Paul. You know, I wanted him sure. to say, rainy, do rainy days and Mondays get you down? 
Right. You know, that's all I wanted. It's raining. Are you down? Yeah. But he didn't say that. Oh. So anyway, but now we're well, see, know, I was going to get to that. I was starting book. with going down, and then we were going to back our way in. Now, if he had said it in like a cute song, like, I hope it gets you laid, we're here on Robert Mitchum's bed. I would have like, liked that, it had he written a song. And then, yeah. about 15 years later, I had a, was writing TV and had a deal at Sony, and I said, they said, what do you want to write? And I said, let's do a TV show for Paul Williams. And they said, as long as you back up the cocaine truck. So that was a no. That was a no from up upstairs. You know, we do have uh, reputations uh, that we are unaware of sometimes, and mine wasn't exactly yeah, the so one I, I ended thought up with, I had. I, had, I, I ended up with too. Alex Rocco. Anyway, so, because he didn't do drugs. But, yeah. So anyway, now, we're, now, we're, now we are joined together for life in gratitude and trust. Tracy was a screenwriter for years and years in Hollywood. She wrote Confessions of a Shopaholic and The Guru oh, and stuff. And, yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and, and she's been, um, she's been a, t- a regular customer at the Deity Deli for years. She's been a, a Buddhist and a, and, a, and a Hindu and a church religious science practitioner and, and right down the line and all. But, but there's, when we started talking about my life and the way to change and recovery and the principles, she lit up, and I. She heard me say it at a, at a, uh, a thing after a screening. They're still alive. I said, "My, my choo-choo runs on the twin rails of gratitude and trust. That you know, those are the two elements." And she said, "There's a book there. You know, there's." I've also always had recovery envy. That's always. I always. I always really. No, I did because I've never. I was one of those people who never did drugs. Like you know, the, in, in Reefer Madness and those films, when they say if one person stays away, we've done our job. Yeah, that was me. That you, you I was like, to, I, I, ju- I justified the entire film so that for, everyone else could do it. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I, also, I, did, I, I went gateway. No, I'm out of here. Absolutely not. So I never. So I were the complete yin and yang. I never did drugs. I can have one glass of wine and, and turned it down from the from really famous drunks too. Okay. Like you love that, you love that I turned it down from Hunter Thompson. Yeah, she wow. turned down drug. I mean, like, I mean, that almost makes me cry. <laughs> I mean, because you know, I don't ever want to get high again beyond just the the, you know, the high of clear vision and the clarity that comes with with the sober lifestyle that I've embraced. But every now and then, I hear As of he an opportunity that I mean, damn it, back just, then that would have been amazing. Wouldn't you have? Do- wouldn't you love to dive into an evening with Hunter Thompson? <laughs> just, you just once back then. You know, I I, I have you know, a week. Constitution. I don't know if I would have survived it. I couldn't yeah. even be in the room much longer. I was getting such a contact high. Yeah. Like three hours, and I was like, Ugh. Yeah, it's like hugging Willie out. Nelson. You have to change your date. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that was that. So anyway, so, we, so, we, so I'd always been envious of people in recovery because I love the principles by which they live. And that's... And, 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 they, and, and the we, worst, and I think, you know, I, I said the worst of us. We were always the worst before, because like your friend, uh, what? You, you, you know, the friend that you dedicated the book to, you said that he was terrible before he like got you. sober. Like you. You're like me, you know, right. so I wasn't the I, only one who was terrible no, before he got sober. No, I knew a lot of sober. terrible people Chris, who got good. Yeah. A lot of terrible people who totally turned their lives around. So we figured if it works for them, why can't it work for people who just have normal, well, everyday Well, this is a really interesting kind of, and it says, on the, it says on the cover of the book, this amazing book is a revolutionary concept, recovery for the non-addict. But we're all addicts. I mean, our, our, our theory is we really are all addicted. And yeah. what we say a lot of times is, has, has anyone out there ever said, not said, this is my last? Right. Like, we've all said, this is my last something. something. You yeah. know what I mean? And so... Or I'm obsessed with, or i Something, yeah. right? You know, so even now, phones. More people are obsessed with their phones than, than ever before, right? Everyone's got phone addiction. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. can I just, uh, yeah. Yeah. We all grab our phones. You. Exactly. Yeah. Baby. Uh, no, Chris has got the big one. Yes. Siri. <laughs> oh, Chris, no, oh, my Paul's God. Paul's in love with Siri. With He's like, <laughs> Siri, call Chris Hardwick. This is what this is what it did with Paul. Ignoring you, she's ignoring me. Paul can't. Paul can literally. Paul Paul will say, "Siri, how far is the soundstage from here?" I go, "Paul, it's right two feet." Paul. Paul literally. I don't know. I was thinking about that. What did you do? Meaningful relationship. Well, because she Siri allows me to be the alpha infant that I love to be. You know, I am. I am the alpha infant. Let me ask you a question. Reassure me, Siri. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? Yeah. I think we're not the only one. See, oh, that's right. Most she's, people just ask her what she's she looks like. She's very temperamental sometimes. I've not had a lot of luck with her lately. You know, I feel like I feel like trying to get information out of Siri is like trying to get someone's dog to do a trick. They're like, he's yeah. he was doing it before. Yeah, yeah. Come on, play dead. And the dog just looks at you, not interested <laughs> in the camera. Red light goes yeah. out. The dog not interested does. in your human affairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never talked to her, but. You well, talk to her for both of us. I do, I do, and I use, I and I use places that I know how to get to. I still use the maps. Because I love, <laughs> he asked her, yeah. What was know? it yesterday? We had something you knew so well. How do you get?
get to Benedict Canyon. Paul, you've lived in L.A. for 50 years. You know how to get yeah, to Benedict Canyon. Yeah, but there's Canyon. a lot of Maybeville in my life, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the way Canyon. I remember things is not the way they actually Well, i got to stop at Carrie Fisher's house because she's got some drugs. Yeah. i got to go over to... <laughs> like, there's a... never... <laughs> it's like, so it's the like affirmation, the, the drug version of Star Maps. That's right. If, if, if you look at the, if you look at this puppy, you're going to recognize something in the affirmations that I think is 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 has a general kind of a, a, a comforting feeling for for all of us who are have followed a certain path. The first one is uh, something needs to change, and it's probably me, Siri. I want you to say that and treat me differently. <laughs> no, something needs something to change, really weird, like... and it's probably me. There's a good song in there. There is. Oh, Something yeah, yeah. needs to change, and it's probably me. Well, there's a good life in there. You know, I mean, my life, you know, got shiny side up when I made some major changes. Sure. But I have to. We all have to. You know, I have to continue that work. I have to continue that process. So, what's the basic premise of recovery for non-addicts? Like, how do you? How do you pitch it to someone? You're at a party, and someone's like, "What do you do?" And you're like, "Well, I do a lot of things, but I wrote a book." And then you got to tell them. How do you pitch the concept? To non-addicts? Yeah. We do that all the time. You know, I, it's pretty easy. You know, what's wrong with your life? What do you... I mean, what would you ask them so they would, like, glom onto the concept? Or how yeah, would you just yeah, say yeah, what we're doing? Because yeah. well, when people hear... If someone hears the word recovery or they hear the word addict, no matter what the context, they're like, oh, well, that's uh, not, I mean, no, I don't know. Which yeah, is why not. it's actually not on the cover. That was the, the original title, was Recovery is not, not just for Addicts. And marketing felt that people would, you know, Aunt Minnie and would go, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not buying a book on recovery and I'm not buying a book on addicts. I'm not a recover- I don't need recovery and I'm not an addict. So you're absolutely right. People are repelled by that concept. So this is six affirmations that will change your life. Subtextually, recovery is not just for addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. Anybody who's got a problem, anyone whose life's not working out okay. I mean, the basic tenets and the principles are something needs to change and it's probably me, which we can all do. And even if, and, I'm, and some people say, well, it's not my problem, it's my husband, he's a jerk, or my mother-in-law. You go, you know, maybe it's not your problem, maybe they are bad, but how you respond to them, that's, that's, that's on your side. Well, I also- and that's really, you know, how you respond to the world. Like, I love that thing. What's your thing about not how the world, what's the, that thing you say, not how's the world treating you? Yeah, yeah, how you how you're treating the world today is just um, the the first guy that I worked with when I got sober. He'd call, call me and say, "Hey, Paulie, how you doing? How you treating the world today?" And the first time he did that, I was like, "Oh, you've had a minor slip of the tongue there, don't you?" Mean <laughs> how's the world treating me? He said, "I don't give a rat's ass how the world's treating you." He said, "Well, I do because I love you." But he said, "I can't really do anything about that." But I'll make you a promise: if you are vigilant about the way you treat the world, if you walk into this world with kindness and attentiveness to the people around you, everything in your life will get better. And he did not lie. That was 20, almost twenty five years ago and everything got better yeah it is kind of interesting that most i mean you know with obvious with obvious exceptions there are some things that we can't control but i think if someone were to do a deep dive of their life and i've had to do this uh, there it never ends you gotta gotta do it all the time but uh yeah when things aren't going the way that you think you want them to go when you really start dissecting it you start kind of seeing a lot of the responsibility <laughs> emanating like it's your it's you yours. know because i remember when i uh the you know a couple years before I got sober, and this isn't just a drunk thing. This is a people thing because it still happens. But this is the example that I remember. But I remember like people people are being really weird, and I'm not working as much, and people are being this, and people are being that, and people are being blah blah blah. And then after I got sober afterwards, I would talk to those people, and they would go, "Yeah, you were so like." you know, like obnoxious and loud. Like we just didn't want to be around you. I'm like, I didn't even see, you know, because I lacked the perspective. I I relax the introspect. You know, honestly, I'm not even sure it's introspection. I think it's not so much looking inward, but being able to see yourself from outside yourself. You know what I mean? Like introspection, I think is, you know, uh, what do I want? How am I doing? What am I this? But being able to see yourself, you know, like it's more like an exo introspection. It's also, affecting people I mean I think so often that we don't look at how we're affecting other people I, I mean I've learned this with my kids like they just want to be like well, with kids they just want to be listened to and half the time our, one of our affirmations is I will learn from my mistakes and not defend them I for one have spent most of my life being defensive and I think so many of us are defensive and so our immediate go to position is defense Sure. Yeah. and I think that that repels people you know because we're already defending if you grew up in certain environments or you have certain habits you defend yourself a lot and I think that, and out of defensiveness for me came snarkiness rudeness I'd cut people off before they'd cut me off I had a whole series I may not have been drinking but I was a complete bitch half the time so I understand that you know now now I'm like Miss Sweet right I'm not snarky anymore most of the time I'm most thinking of the time. Yeah, yeah. I can still go back but you 
Land you, of you, Bitch, but the, yeah. But the fact is that, that you know, one of the things you talk about is you say I'm not as funny now, but you are as funny now. The I'm fact not is, as mean but funny. you're not as mean funny I at all. I miss that. And that whole. <laughs> I like the mean funny girl. Oh, Where yeah. is she? Yeah, she'll be back. She'll be back. Once in a while, she'll poke her little head out and go. Whatever, you know. But but what you're talking about is is I think is fear based activity. It's like as soon as if 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 I look back and you know I got to I got to watch my inventory. I watched an inventory. I watched a documentary about myself with some footage of me behaving really really badly. You know, Napoleon's still alive. There's a scene with me on the Merv Griffin show when I'm just an arrogant little asshole i mean it's just it's hard for me to watch that and all but what i what i also see at this point and what i think all of us see is 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 that so much of it's fear-based as soon as i get hit with that and i talked about it with you earlier on on the the paul williams returns about the fact that when i'm insecure i get noisy and loud and kind of kind of try to be glib and whatever and all and authenticity goes flying out the window you know what we get when we're when we will take that break when we take that beat somebody says something to us that kind of shoves us back instead of going hey fuck you and back come back at right. them but take that beat and kind of get up above the whole thing and go what's going on with them as well something better comes out of us you know well i think it's hard you know sometimes we lack the perspective to see how we're coming off and we you know because the way that we communicate is a learned set of skills and you know people seem very surprised or you know you can be very surprised if you say something to someone and they go hey that was really sharp or me and you're like what are you talking about? All I was saying was, you know, do this or this or this. Because you don't realize, you know, you just sort of have a set of defaults. And so you can go, Row! even though what you mean is almost pointless, you know. It's how, how are you communicating that? So it's like, can you find better ways to communicate? People could just, if people could just gain the awareness of how they communicate to begin with and try to figure out more... You know, just better better ways to communicate what they mean as to, you know, adding the kind of defensive, crusty uh, outer shell. It's a true. And I think when you and I think and one of the things I always loved about recovery is, is taking a daily inventory, looking at your day, life. And we have one of our affirmations is uh, I will. I just forgot the effort. I just had a senior moment. On a daily still basis, Alice, you know? still Tracy. Yeah. What's, say it. What, what's yeah. that? <laughs> examine my life on a, you know, like I will make right the wrongs I've done wherever where possible. possible. And, and after I that, I'll examine my, my life on a daily basis. Yeah, so. You know, which is. Which if you, know, you do that every day and you sort of get in bed at night and go, okay, how, how did that go today? Well, how was I in these situations and those situations? And was I the person I wanted to be? I mean, I'm learning to stop myself in the moment and back up and say I'm sorry right then. As opposed to dragging it around. How many things do we drag around that we wished we hadn't said, wish we hadn't done, but we don't really go back and apologize to people? Or we just, I mean, I call it being an emotional Sherpa. You know, we carry all this stuff. I love that. You just have to say that again. Wow. An emotional Sherpa. Emotion, I, are we not emotional Sherpas? <laughs> we should Sorry. be. It's too brilliant to race by. It's too, oh, thank too good. you very much. You're Maybe welcome. you could write a song about it. It's really nice that today it's You're one You're very point. sweet. Thank yes, you. that was very nice. Um, but so. If if you do look at yourself every day and you do look at how other people might be looking at you every day, I think that that does make a huge difference. So I can, even now if I get really pissed off, let's say, with the people at JetBlue because they're not answering the phone and then they finally answer the phone four hours later, I don't snap and bite their head off. I go, I know you don't run the company. I know it's not your fault. I've been waiting. I'm a little, I mean, I just, I'm nicer about being school marmish, I would say, um, <laughs> <laughs> and telling people how to live their lives. But I think that looking at yourself every day helps. I, I do. And I think that I think when the people I know in recovery look at themselves on a constant basis. They look at their behavior on a daily on a constant basis. They're constantly reassessing how they're going forward. And most people don't do that. Most people just go on autopilot and they go. And then they make all sorts of, you know, chaos and then they're, and in their wake. Surprised. And then they go back and they go, I did that? Why is he like you said, why is he pissed off? Why is she pissed off? Why aren't I getting hired anymore? Why you know, I mean, but a lot it's of people like, don't even ask the questions like they just go, which I think is a good first step is to start asking, you know, why did this happen? Is there something I did? And, you know, because if you ask yourself that question, you'll probably go, oh, it's because of, you know, X or Y, as opposed to that guy was a shithead. That person, this thing, that, you know, just like constantly I know that pointing voice. fingers. Wait a minute. I, uh, yeah. Const- yeah, pass the buck yeah. of your life. And it's just, you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I think once you do it, then people really do want to be around you. Thank you I th- for the I think that I think that, I, have, I think that, I think that, that, 
one of the things that, that is really important in, in what we've written is, is the word probably in the first affirmation. Something needs to change, and it's probably me. That probably is willingness. That probably is that little bit of wiggle room that we're ta- what you're just talking about, like where you actually stop and take a look, and you go, wait a minute. Let's examine this behavior. Uh, oh, I, maybe I shouldn't have been screaming, get that walker out of the way. I'm going to a meeting. You know, I, Maybe I need to be a little different person. Probably is a huge part of that little affirmation. That, that I think allows the willingness to learn about who you are in the moment. Well, and never I, yell at anybody on a walker would be the second part of what's that. A, <laughs> don't punch your grandmother. That's right. You know, what's Get ironic? that walker out of my way. <laughs> going to church, you, God damn it. Until it's your walker, William. What's ironic is that you know, people want so many things in their lives, and they get frustrated when they don't have those things. But most people don't stop and say, hey... Uh, if I focused on making myself a better person, I might, in as a result, get the things that I want. You know, like that's not why you should do it. You should want to be a better person because you'll feel more aligned and happy, and people around you will be happier. But you you will get a lot of those things that you want if you work on you know making yourself a better person every day. And by the way, again, I'm not saying I'm great at it. Yeah. I'm just saying well, I'm just where? saying the, the, something the to, natural approach is lo, lo, you know lord lead lead me where you need me. Let me be a loving sweet person in an alpha R8 in a in a, an Audi R8. Is you, know, you start outlining <laughs> let, you know, let, let, let me be the Pali Lama, you know, but always at the front of the airplane and please if possible a G5 in my future. Please. <laughs> Cuz they're real but sweet. Also if you're they grateful are. for what you have. Yeah. And I do think this is true. If you are grateful for what you have and you do show gratitude, I, I, and I found this because I, I want less. Gratitude. I want less the more I give. And, I do, and, I, and that, I think, is really... I think that works. I just, for some reason, the more you give, the less you want. Well, I, thought, I don't think that's crazy, though. That makes a lot of sense because ultimately, people want more things as a tool. Like, they think it's going to be a tool that's going to fill some hole filling, that they have. Empty, they, but if you're giving something and... People are getting something from that, then you will feel you will feel satisfied by that. I think it's a difference between, you know, it's a difference between eating a healthy meal and then gorging on fast food. You know, like the fast food is temporary and it'll fill you up. You'll feel bad afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I still want a new phone and stuff, but it's <laughs> <laughs> bridge mix. Life is about bridge you mix. You want bridge once mix? In a while. You want more bridge mix bridge in your mix life? Bridge mix in my life. You want more bridge yeah, mix? Exactly. <laughs> I want to build bridges to great relationships, and I want to eat bridge mix. A little of this, a little of that. <laughs> what is bridge mix? Bridge mix is the, bridge one mix? of the best. The, the, Does it have Czech cereal in it and pretzels? No, 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 no. Bridge, no. Bridge mix is just a great. It's it's the the the, the oldest name in chocolate in this country, which is what C's. Yes, C's chocolate. Yeah. Talk to me. Where does the oldest name? See, it's Pauline. What are you talking about? I'm, my my mind is falling apart. Chris, I think he had C's, a stroke. Yeah. Oh, no. I think he's stroking. Call nine one one. No, it's it's C. It's C's chocolate. Call one one nine. Bridge mix. It's call one one nine. It's bridge mix by C's, and it's the best chocolate. Pauline, can. bridge oh. mix is that stuff that has like cereal. No, 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 no. That's not bridge mix. What's bridge mix? Oh, that's, that's, that's Chex yeah, Mix? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I will learn from my mistakes and not defend them. I'm glad you guys didn't write a book them. about Bridge Mix. <laughs> I will learn from my <laughs> mistakes and not defend them. It's true, because you can't have well, it, you can't, you can't have it without the Chex. Just in case this slips by, I want to make sure that we did, get the, we did clarify this. In this case, Paulie, who everybody was making fun of, was actually right. <laughs> okay. We just want no one to send an email. Paul did not have a stroke. Once in a while. And I, don't, and I, was, making a, and I was making a plug for Chex cereal. I just wanted to get in a product uh, endorsement. Because Chex cereal, you know, that checks mix is like me before I got here. This is a, what an say. amazing way to make. Oh, incidentally, we bring you greetings. I was from, worth the ten grand. Huh? From Norm Pattis, who <laughs> Norm oh, yeah. Pattis of podcast one, because yesterday we had. Uh-huh. A, can Hi, we make Brian an announcement? We, uh, we, have we have. Podcast. We are about to undertake this. This we're about to step into this nasty world that you rule now. You know, it's the the podcasting thing. From what I can tell by your dynamic, will basically just be no different than your lives. Just you'll be recording it. Like that's it. <laughs> That's it. We'll what a good, well, how fun is that? How, we're That's so amazing. Okay, is so it going to be gratitude and trust? Is that going to be the name of the podcast? It is. Gratitude it's gratitude and, and trust, yeah. but it's going to be you know funny ways to fix your life. You'll come on. Of course I will. Oh great! Oh, we're so happy. Of course. Exactly. You our rage, of course our ratings just went up. We do. Now we just yeah we're going to get <laughs> we got so many more downloads and we're not even up yet. I don't think we have ratings. <laughs> when is that coming out? When is that coming well, out? Well, we just you we know just... like in a couple months. Good. Yeah. 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 So we uh, yeah we're really excited about that. 
Well, because yeah. we love doing this. I mean, I would rather do this all day than do something else. Yeah, and you yeah. don't really want to write because well, you get like you know. Well, the I have great to make thing about write. this is I can be stupid and not rhyme. Yeah, and you don't have to write. You don't have to look at me and say. Paul doesn't like Paul wants to have lunch usually at around eleven, and we get to the office at ten. So this She'd will be write good. for ten hours. I write for three, and I'm kind of I start, you know, and I start playing with my iPhone and go. Goes, wow, I just got two thousand more Twitter followers <laughs> while you were writing those pages. Are you working on any music stuff right now? I'm doing a musical version of Pan's Pan's Lab. Are you serious? Gustavo Santaolalla, Guillermo del Toro, Jeremy Unger, and I. Gustavo and I are writing the songs. Guillermo's amazing movie is as an adult. Has that been announced yet? Yeah. It's made, it's kind of snuck out there, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's a little amazing. Bit. That's, that's yeah, that's very cool. Holy crap! And I'm playing works, some dates. Really well. Now, when does this gonna air? When I mean, when does this first know, time this one's out? Goes up Monday, March sixth. Awesome. Can I do that? March sixth. Plug, I'll be, plug, I'll, plug. I'll be with the Jacksonville Symphony, and March twenty eighth, I'll be in in Chandler, Arizona. So uh, everybody should come out and say hey, and all. Hope that but in the meantime, we'll, gets see that's what we'll do a lot of Tracy what? on, on what, the podcast. Pushing your we'll symphony dates this week. Well, because Chris does it, you know. Yeah, you yeah. gotta. Yeah. I know. We have we have stuff. I mean, it's, yeah. We're having our. We're having, have you guys have, done? Have you got? You know, you guys used to do like a live panel together. Like no, we live. do a lot. We do public speaking. Okay, we do. Good. We do. Yeah, we do we public do. speaking, and we're you know we do we do teaching things, and we do and we're doing a big seminar. There can. Oh, you're doing a big we're, seminar. We're, we're, yes, on well, it's not for a while, but June 24th, 92nd Street Wine, full day seminar on all types of addiction that we're producing. Yeah, with our friend Jeff Ken Pulver, 140 Conference, which goes out live on Twitter, like a million people. So Jeff we're really Pulver excited about cool, that. Yeah. It's a great venue too. 92nd Street Wine is a great venue. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be you know all day long. And so we're doing we're, Omega. We're doing Omega we're in teaching June. Teaching at Omega. We're going to do, it's like a three day seminar at Omega, where we're going to share the the wisdom of the Pauli Lama and the Alpha <laughs> author Tracy Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> No, we, yeah, no, we, we, we do. We do. And we are, uh, what else do we do? We have meetups now. We're starting meetups all over the country through Meetup uh, so people can get together and have actual support type groups using the work and yeah and that we were doing that we have a lot of stuff we Our sell jewelry we have a lot of stuff oh I handle that oh my god don't even mention the jewelry the jewelry is such a pain in the ass for like 200 <laughs> like start every conversation with well with this we have a problem with uh, delivery on such jewelry on <laughs> we're in you know, we're selling recovery and, and, and a brightened yeah, lifestyle I deal with women who aren't happy with their necklaces it's like really <laughs> all day it's like I'm like I'm like in Morocco and there's some woman and she says and, and I'm getting this nasty email that the ingratitude right it's right here somewhere Right here. It says tit. It went gratitude. She didn't think that was really grateful. You know? I want that, that wasn't one, really spiritual. I would oh, trade this one for the tit one. You want the tit one. I deal with stuff like this, this all day. One woman gratitude. yesterday. I'm sending it back I because I have arthritis. The, one. Yeah. the woman yeah. yesterday sent one back. She has arthritis. She can't work the lock. I, this is pretty much what my life is like. That's Thank all right, though, because... I'm grateful, Chris. I'm grateful, yeah. Is the program... You know, uh, spiritually agnostic. I mean, it's all types of whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. You can believe in Jesus Christ. You can believe in your Dalmatian. I don't You're know how care. to. The second affirmation is I don't know how to do this, but something inside me does, and, and it's care. just I think we're more powerful than we recognize. I think that we are more capable. You try to remember a name, you can't remember the name. You're washing the dishes 20 minutes later, and it pops into your head. That entire little committee was up there going through old watered up pieces of paper. Why and old do you always think that's God? Well, I, I just never love that. that. I know well, you always no. say it to everyone, and I never get it. Well, here's what I. But what it illustrates. It illustrates inner power, and I don't think our power is outside us. I think our power, we access our power through our hearts, through our souls, through our mind, whatever. Somehow this magical thing that we have no idea how it's wired somehow wanders. It, it, it just is a big, big active navigator in my life. You don't think those are neurons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Say it again. I said you don't think those are neurons. <laughs> She's being sciencey. Yeah. She is being sciencey. Well, you know, I if mean, you I believe at... in spirit, but I think those are neurons. Yeah, but I. I, I but think, the, know, well, the fact is, if you look at quantum theory, you'll find that there is no evidence of anything being there, but there is proof that it was theory. there. So if you look at the subatomic particles, oh, you'll find oh, that there is. You want to roll into this? A big word. Come on, Chris. You got to need like a five-syllable scientific word now to up to one up him. Well, um, you know, uh, yeah. I guess uh, it's the uh, the uh, Paul Williams uncertainty principle. That, uh, <laughs> the Paul Williams uncertainty principle. I love that. You know, you know, it's like as life has seen in the world in the center of Maybeville. It is it is true Maybeville to live your life in a place where you're not sure you've been there before, but you're headed back for sure. I mean, it's interesting that people can. <laughs> that makes no sense. What does did it? you just it doesn't say? Matter. I don't know. I was those just. Really, I those was, were neurons. Say, say a bunch yeah. of shit like that and put it on a bumper sticker. Exactly. That's right. They'll love it. They'll love but it. But I think you know. Uh, Isn't that what Yoda did? You know. He is. Yeah. 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 
Yoda, wait, but he just he just rearranged the yeah, word exactly. order. Yeah, exactly. Chris bit. Hardwick on Nerdist and possibly <laughs> not right now, maybe will be someday. Will be together. To, I are yeah. you are. But the uh, the idea that you know people are kind of battered around by you know they kind of get battered around by life a little bit, so they create defenses and they kind of the more and more they get scared or you know because it, it's like you know we're trying to avoid pain seek pleasure but i think you know we want to avoid pain more than we want to we want to avoid pain and we do but, it from fear i mean but, it's like a bad combo so people kind of live their lives and they you know like i i kind of think of it like you know you have a paintbrush and you're painting a room and you got to paint the floor and something happens and you swipe a little color over there and a little more and a little more and a little more and pretty soon you're painted in this corner and you're and then you feel trapped you go well i'm trapped you're like, no, it's just, you, just you, could, you could just walk through it. There's still a whole house left. Right. Because in your mind, you think, no, this is all there is, as opposed to there's a whole house of, that I could still go explore. All I got to do is just walk through the paint. Not going to be a great experience, but once I walk through it, then I'm, then I'm free, you know? So it's just basically whatever limitations people think they have were created by yeah. their fear yeah. and avoidance it's of all, pain. A and lot of it's can, in their head. It's not that people don't have stuff, but a lot of it is in their head. And, and, you know, Paul's wife has a great phrase called two ifs and a maybe. We all live in this kind of two if and a maybe. Like, this is, you know, if, if this happens, if this happens, maybe I will, right? Yeah. And, we, and we, a lot of us live in that place. And a lot of people live in that place. And that's where everything that happens to them starts, they process it from there. They don't really, are you like, it's sort of like, are you processing it from the real place it is? Are you processing it from the fear place it is? Right. And that's, I think, what, you know, what we do a lot of. I think we do a lot of that. Yeah. And I think that that's and that and that and I think the other thing that I find with people that you know, we now a lot of people come to us with their problems and we listen. I think a lot of people think their problem is one thing, like what's wrong with their life is one thing, and it's really something entirely different. Yeah, I think sure. people have a very hard time identifying the headwaters, the headwaters of, the... of whatever's going wrong in their life, yeah, and yeah. that's hopefully what we help people do. But that that's a big that's a big deal. I've made her an honorary drunk. I mean, I she's know, really, they love she, me. they she, do. she really they love me works. She's I a, do. I love being with drunks. We were at BFC at Betty Ford, and you know, we're, they just added us at Hazel into their library, which we're thrilled about and all. But you know, like Tracy's all of a sudden working with. I mean, she's she's working with a guy who's f- sober fifty one years, and he's he, and they're. You know, and she's working with him. I mean, it's like oh, just makes enough to piss me off. <laughs> well, it's hard to see. You know, like if you're driving in your car and everyone's looking at, and they don't, you don't, you can't figure out what the hell's going on. And then it's like, oh, well, you're dragging a giant branch under your car, but you don't see it because you're inside. You don't. We don't always have the perspective to see what other people can see. You know, so I guess that's why it's good to. Maybe be inquisitive and and ask people and you know like sincerely and also be able to handle criticism whatever they tell you yeah criticism I think I think constructive criticism constructive I think most people are bad at giving criticism because I think criticism is this general word that most people have equated with I'm gonna say whatever the fuck I want to say to you and you're gonna shut up and take it you know like it's a little it's sharp yeah you know it's like hey your your shirt's dumb well, why that hurt my feelings <laughs> or you can't take criticism. Well, no, there's just a shitty way to say it, you know? Like, there are, there are ways, and again, it goes back to learning how to communicate better. Like, and I think that people can do that by asking the question, what is my goal in this situation? And is my goal to seek understanding, or is my goal to lash out at someone because I'm frustrated and I just want to blow off steam? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> what do you know? I, I don't know. I'm just back at the at the. I'm still with the tree caught underneath the car. I want you to pull over so we can get it out. That's right. I mean, I'm just. I keep hearing paint. that sound. You know. I mean, I think. I think. Yeah, I think that people like if people. Criticism is a weird word, but I think when people tell you, like when people would tell you, people. I think a lot of times that people tell you, even if it's for your better, the betterment of your life. Who you really are, like when let's say when Kaz told you that you know you were a drunk, I fired and you him. fired him. I mean, yeah. a lot of times that people tell you something about yourself, your first response is they're not my friend anymore. I don't want. To, I mean, a lot of people only want yes people around, right? Or people who go along with their program. So I think that when someone really cares enough about you, to go, well, you know, maybe have you looked at your behavior? You know, maybe are you pissing me? Is it, is it coming from you? You know, maybe you know, say you big jerk. You know, you're, you have to like tear into you and rip you an asshole. No, but all my I mean, friends tell like, me the truth, right, Jonah? Sure thing, Chris, all the time. Yeah, see what I mean? Yeah. So you just saying but tell him the truth all the time. Yeah. That he's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I would tell him if he wasn't doing anything perfect. Only if. Right there. Wait, yeah. what do you mean? Are you even suggesting that I might not do something perfectly? No, no. I said there's just it's such a crazy idea. Even think see, such with a thing. this type of social barometer, how can friend. I go wrong? You can't. That is a Keep friend. On all the keeping way. on, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> That's a good laugh. And I don't know why you picked on Paul's shirt. 
Yeah. He only wears it every other day. At least his button right for a change. You know, I specifically pointed past you at Kyle. I I didn't want you to feel the... We got the check thing today. We got the check brothers. The check brothers. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, Chris Caswell has, has been my music director since the mid-70s. And in and, and, like the late 80s, he said to me, you know what, I'm really worried about you because you, you know, this whole drug thing has really gotten out of control and I'm worried about you. And I said, you're fired. I mean, just on the spot, I fired him. I mean, as soon as I got sober, I went running out and made amends and, and hired him back. You know, but it was like that was my response to. Well, to, he obviously cared about you. You're lucky that he'd oh, say absolutely. Came back. I mean, that's what a you know. Again, if you if you're willing, if you're willing to reflect the truth back to somebody, if you're willing to take that chance, you're giving them information that can help them put their lives back together. So, what do you say to someone who says? Because I'm sure you've encountered this before. Where you go, you know, just be thankful for the things you have, and people go, I have nothing to be thankful for. <laughs> my life is terrible. My significant other left me. My cat died. My parents won't speak to me. There's like, a lot of times when life really does suck for a lot of people, and it's easy for all of us sitting here on this lot to like. Be, and then we have a lot to be grateful for, all of us. And people, some people don't have as much to be grateful for. God knows as others. But you think of those guys. I don't know why I'm going to this place and totally free associating the guys who lose their legs in in Iraq, and and then they go and they climb Mount Kilimanjaro. It's like the people who find some inner core. When you see people with one leg ski, when you see people who fight back, it's just. I think that people give up easily, and I think that there is a lot to not be happy about in a lot of people's lives and in the world. Look at the world right now. I mean, you could look at just the world and go, whoa, what's happening, you know? But I call it grasping for gratitude straws, and there's some days you just have to go, I'm happy that I'm breathing. I'm happy that I can look forward. You know, sometimes it's really, it's baby steps. It's like when people get sober, right? It's a day at a time. My my life may suck today, but if I do these couple of things, maybe tomorrow will be incrementally better. And I think if they look at life in little tiny chunks and not look at life like, I don't have, you know, I don't have a great job. I don't have a great car. I don't, you know, there's so much celebrity worship. There's so much, you know, projection. If you just look at what you have and how you can make it better and keep your goals within your reach and you make little steps, it's like yeah. losing weight. People go, okay, I'm fat. Now I haven't lost 20 pounds in a week, so I'm going to give up and I'm going to go eat a lot. So you lose like half a pound a day, like, you know, in the end of six months, you start to, I think people cut off, bite off more than they can chew, really. And I think that then they get discouraged and then they can't move forward. Well, it's, you know, because we're impatient. We want instant now. change. And I think, yeah. you know. And change doesn't happen that way. No, and I, but I, but I also think that you know, because of the attention spans that we've developed, because of so much information that we it's have like, to process like zero. <laughs> between, you know, internet, phone, t- TV, you know, like com- everything that we have to process all at once, work, kids, that, um, you know, people just want instant gratification because, because most of the things in our world will instantly gratify us or we seek things that will instantly gratify us. So if we can't be gratified in an instant, it's like, well, this is ruined. Like... No, it's not ruined. Yeah. You know, yeah. like just don't, don't just give don't. up. People really give up. People hear no, and that's it. But the incremental thing is so important. If you could, if you could do one small thing every day, one small thing. If you're not doing anything now, if you could do one small thing once a week over time, it would amount to something. I mean, you know, just it's like cleaning your house. You know, you don't have to clean the whole thing at once, right? If people are hoarders and really sloppy, but you clean one room, you clean one drawer, then tomorrow you clean another. You know, it's all incremental. And I think, and I think that that's one thing in recovery that I love. And it was a day at a time, and then people are grateful every day for the day they had before, and they attack the next day. Yeah. And I think that's one of the messages that we try and put through in this book. Okay. That you're not going to fix your life in five minutes. Nobody is. You're not going to fix yourself. And every day you refix it. I mean, I screw up every day still. I mean, you screw up, yeah, you know, probably every, what, yeah. 20, 30 minutes? What would you say? <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I, no. think, I think something else that, that adds to this is, is also, you know, is, is to, to not let these emotions build up and build up and build up. But, you know, you talk about the little steps and all, feeling things along the way. You know, so many people, we medicate, and the slightest bit of sadness, the slightest bit of, a little bit of grief or whatever, certainly for me when I was in, in, majorly into cocaine, and alcohol, I was I was medicating those feelings all along the way. When you get that the the poison out of your life and you're living life on life's terms, you're gonna there are gonna be moments in your life that are sad. But again, I go back to your emotional serpent phrase. I love that because it reminds me that if something really, if if I'm faced with some sadness along the way, if I pause and feel it and go, you know what? Yeah, you know, I mean, I just, I got into a thing with my son the other day on the phone. It was, I looked at it closely and it was whose it was, his fault, it was my fault, whatever, but it made me sad. 
And to just experience that and go, you know what, I, this makes me sad because I want a great relationship with my kid. And I was so gone when he was a little boy and, and trying to put that together now. But to experience that and feel it and then on the other side of it, being able to, to, to go forward and not go forward in anger or defensive, but just let myself feel it, you know. And that's it, Buddhism, it, really. I mean, just to feel life is sad. And if you feel it. I mean, it's why I like to meditate. I gotta go but now. You're crying, and it's like like Paul's songs. It's all sad. But if you do feel it, I think the bad. And I know from raising kids. The other day, I just my daughter was mad at me, and she was mad at me for you know like stuff that I did twenty years ago, twelve years ago. So I just I turned and I, and we've been fighting, and I've been putting it off, and I've been defending myself, and I just took my phone. And kids want to be listened to, and what I've learned from my kids is all people just want their feelings to be validated. And even if you just say, I understand that it sucks, I understand you're upset, what can you do to make it better? You just you give them that moment of saying, oh, you don't have anything to be upset about. Look at you. You've got your legs. You've got a car. Whatever, right? right. We always would sort of brush it off. But maybe it really is bad for them. So if you just, it's like what shrinks do. How does it make you feel? Then they validate your feelings. I think that we don't validate other people's feelings. And I think when you do, they can also then release them and work with them and understand them. I just let my daughter attack me the other day. I just put my phone on speaker. I was driving to Santa Barbara. So you have an hour and a half. From L.A. to Santa Barbara, and she let her daughter attack two more hours. And then she did, And she just, like, everything that I'd ever done in the last 23 years that she remembered, which was pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, and she just did it. And I went, and I didn't defend any of it. I just took it all. And usually I'm like, I'm not a bad mom. I'm not a bad mom. I'm not a bad mom. I just went, okay, maybe I'm a bad mom. Okay. By the end of it, she was like, she couldn't have, it would just, it totally erased all of it. It was yeah. a weird thing, but just letting her, without defending, and I went, I have no defense, I just love you, I just want to be a good mom, and how do we move forward? And that was sort of the end of it. And I thought, wow, that was something I'd never actually let her do, just attack me without me defending myself. Well, that's hard to, that's hard to let someone do, because we have egos and hurt feelings, and we don't want someone else to be sad, and we don't want to be the cause that they're sad, and also, selfishly, we don't want to have to face the fact that, you know... Maybe we weren't perfect all the time. So, uh, but once you do it, you go, I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, none of us are perfect. And I think parents with kids, I think that's a big problem in raising kids. Is there's always, this, you know, kids get, you know, parents aren't perfect, and it's hard for kids to accept that. Jonah, she just said none of us are perfect, but no, but you, you just said, except, Chris. But, but I said besides no, Chris. I, no, that's I, mean, I forgot, oh, I forgot the rules. Chris. You won't be invited sorry, back. I can tell I'm sorry, you that. Everyone, right now. we're all, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, no, that's true. I forgot. Sorry, you, so sorry, Chris. Have, I just, did that help though? Is she? Yeah, totally. Oh my God, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's a good. That's a good exercise if you can handle it. If you can handle not being defensive, it's a good exercise just to, to tell. But you know, of course, the downside is get a rope, <laughs> hang myself because you don't know. Like you don't know what someone's going to come at you with, and then they, and then it might be like, oh, I thought I was prepared for this, but this hurts way worse than I thought it would. Yeah. I think that it didn't hurt as much as her being mad at me and me. I, you know, it's just. Do you have kids? No. No. Well, it's like a real trip, isn't it? Would you say? Kids? I don't know. I missed the first. The first 15 years of life. <laughs> no, actually, uh, you know, it's, it's you, an amazing no, gift. You, you know? learn more from kids than anything else. I have, and I I think, have amazing kids. How old so are your kids? My son is still going to be 34 this year, and my daughter is 31. They're going to be 31. Okay. She's marrying her partner this year. Really? It's very cool. Very, wow, very right. cool. They are totally happy and wonderful, wonderful. They're both social workers, you know, so they're going to be rolling in dough before the year's out. <laughs> <laughs> Buying that G5 for you, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's so, we got to put a cap on these fat cat social workers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Take them down a peg. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Knock them down the financial yeah, ladder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My son was an actor. He, became, he got totally into, into being a physical trainer. He loves that. He has a bunch of clients he's working with. That. He's designing a gym for a hotel chain or, or a oh, whole wow. program for a hotel chain. He's... he's you know, he's the one who said to me when we were first starting to work on the book, and, and I, we used the affirmations around my eating habits and all, but uh, my son looked at me at two, two and a half years ago and went, Dad, you're starting to look like a cookie jar, you know? <laughs> and I was 30 pounds heavier, and I lost it, kept it off. Shit, yeah, because you run. Every morning. Yeah. Two miles. Two yeah. miles. You know, she's making fun of me. No, I run three miles an hour up and down and two miles an hour forward. You know, so. <laughs> he looks like a pogo stick when he runs. <laughs> but you people, people actually stick? walk by me while I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people on walkers. I'm, I'm talking about... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get out of the way. <laughs> You're right, Will. Goddamn kids. <laughs> oh, my Too God. slow. Yeah, damn, damn them. So what just... Uh, can you sort of lay out quickly, in broad strokes, what the six affirmations are so that people will get an idea and then pick yeah. up the book? Paula, well, you want to start? Yeah, first of all, something needs to change and it's probably me. Yeah. I don't know how to do this, but something inside me does. I will learn from my mistakes and not defend them. 
<laughs> yes, I will examine my life on a daily. I'll make right the wrongs I've done. I will make right the wrongs I've done wherever possible. I will examine my life on a daily basis, and I will live my life in love and service, gratitude and trust. Nice. Oh, the last one ends with the with the premise. Oh, yeah. that's right. Exactly. That's, that's it's like a good song. You hit that's the, the title. thing. It's like you, you hit the title at the end of the chorus. You, you know? just. <laughs> Exactly. Love- you know, I brought a little something to the process. <laughs> Just a little something oh, to the process. You brought a lot, Polly Lama. <laughs> well, I hope. Polly Lama. I hope that, uh, and it is, is the website, is it Gratitude and Trust? www.gratitudeandtrust.com. Yeah. And your at, podcast? At, I am, at, at I am Paul Williams, at, am at Gratitude Trust, at, at Tracy Jackson, Jackson Four. Fours, our- and Tracy yeah. with an EY. Tracy, Tracy with an EY, and wow. and soon our podcasts on Podcast One. So, well, I think that's great because people, you know, especially if you're having a tough time getting yourself out of yourself, uh, it's that uh, I I love that line from the Yes song where they go, uh, "Don't surround yourself with yourself." Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that if people have a difficult time doing that, then having something like a podcast where people are just talking about gratitude and trust, like even that can distract someone enough to get them past the cloud of their Absolutely. own problems and egos. I think the, the thing is, the thing brain. is unique about the book too, Chris, is the fact that all, we wrote the text, you know, in one voice where we go through the, you know, the, the, the whole story and all, but we tell our individual stories and we go into our own boxes and, and that's pretty, there's some pretty funny stuff in there. Yeah, we totally <laughs> out ourselves on everything. What, what I remember was pretty bizarre. So I wrote it down and, and likewise, <laughs> yeah, Tracy. It's not like we're, yeah. I mean, that's, a, and that's the other thing about the book. It's not like we're like the all, almighties that know everything. We talk about all our problems in there. We completely come, cl- you know, yeah. come clean about what's wrong with us. So people don't feel like we're not you know, a lot of self-help books priests, are really preachy. You know. And it's like, I know everything and you're an asshole. You know, we don't say that. We're just like, yeah. we're screwed up as anybody else. We're just working on it every day, too. And sort of come along for the ride. I think that's a lot of what we do. We and, we, and we help, you know, great we help response people. And, and we've got, a, as you pointed out, we got a great, you know, if, if you're a big Anne Lamott fan, we got the greatest quote from Anne oh, Lamott Oprah about the book. Oprah it was loved just, us. It's so yeah, kind well. and all. So, you know, we have a lot to be grateful for. We do. Tracy Jackson and Paul Williams. And we are. Well, it's, hard we're it's always good to see you. You know, you. You know, you you have an open invitation. You just keep coming back on the podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get my sleeping bag and I'll be back. You know? Please. <laughs> well, and and I also love that you mentioned the last time we were out, you talked about ASCAP and the work I do for ASCAP and create music creators' rights. You know, you're a, a you know if you can't take advantage of your friends, what's the point of keeping them around? <laughs> but you were you were very very cool to all us at ASCAP. The you know? fact that the fact that I could sing one of my favorite songs with you is like I you know that that was the highest form of payment I could have ever received for anything. It was why I was there that day. It was so, so that could happen because that was a real heart. That was a, a heart payment for me. And I think for you, it was, it was meaningful as well. Well, and I thought there was an interesting message too, because so much, a lot of frustration comes from trying to control outcomes. And when you, the times where you just sort of go, well, whatever's yeah. going to happen is going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Not only is that less stressful because shit's going to happen anyway, no matter uh-huh. what you do, but it also uh, frees you up to see the possibilities and constructive outcome, the constructive possibilities of what you could do with a situation as opposed to pouting because like, well, I wanted this, this, and this. What if this other thing is way better? You didn't even consider that possibility because you don't what know do I, what's What do we, I always say? What we, what we, talk, we, both, we both say it. Thank you very much. What we, we say what? The, no is, no a, is gift. a gift. No is and, a gift. And, and, we, and we ask people, and, and we will do that on our podcast too. We'll do it on your podcast. It's like, what was the time in your life when there was something you really, really wanted and there was a no? And something so much better came along. It was the podcast. Yeah. I, that's why I started the podcast. We just talked about it. And we just had our fifth anniversary podcast. And, oh, happy anniversary. Uh, talked about it because I was up for a job that I didn't get, so I got really mad about it. And then and then started a podcast. And then this turned out to be Huge. infinitely So much better, better than, than anything. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, it's, yeah. And, and it happens in everyone's life all the time. So we always like to say, what's the no that you just thought was, you know, the person that you thought if they left you and then, you you know, if that relationship had worked out, you would have never had the relationship that really was better. You know, I mean, there's yeah. so many no's that we don't see because we're so controlling the word the word no really shows you the type of person that you are and the type of person you can become because if you hear no and you're like all right you know i'm gonna kill myself we should just switch it around and say on no is actually on you're on to something else you know sticker write it down (laughs) 
<laughs> bumper sticker? No, turn that no upside down yeah, and make it on. on. Yes. And get on with it. Turn that no upside okay, down yeah, yeah. and get on with your life. All right. Why do you sound like little Enos when you say that? I try, you know. <laughs> I'd like to kick his ass just once. Listen, y'all folks, I'm going to tell you right now. I want you people to keep listening to Nerdist. And when, when Gratitude and Trust podcast starts, in, it's here, Chris Hardwick's going to come on over and talk to us as well. And we're going to do it in the nude, so I'll talk to you later. <laughs> you should go into Eastbound and Down from that, just that beginning banjo riff. Uh, and as we always say, enjoy your burrito, everyone. For real. What a treat. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.